Welcome to Failed Utopia, the podcast about utopian ideas and paradise lost. We look at utopian concepts of the past, present, and future, as well as utopian communities and cults, which promise the world to eager followers, but inevitably fail when it all starts to unravel. Hello, all you beautiful failed utopians. Thanks for coming back for part two of what turned out to be a prolonged anti-crypto rant. (laughs) It might surprise you guys to know that when I started working on the episode, I was basically neutral on crypto. I knew a little bit about it already, and I knew it had some problems But I really expected that once I started actually digging in, I'd be able to end things by saying, hey, here is the huge potential that it has for the future. Like, here's why it could be a game changer in spite of its growing pains. But then by the time I finished researching and writing that episode, I was like, I hate crypto. (laughs) How about you guys? Are you excited about a crypto future? Or are you still confused like me? (laughs) Here's something I wanted to say real quick before we go on for anyone who feels confused or like you don't get it. You are smart enough to understand crypto, but you shouldn't have to be. The thing is, anyone who creates a successful product has an elevator speech Even with a complex product or service, if it has a purpose or it solves a problem that someone has, they can explain it to you in two sentences, what it's used for and why you should care. You shouldn't have to understand the mechanics or inner workings to get an idea of why this thing exists. If you've been to grad school, you know all about elevator speeches. If your idea is coherent, you should be able to explain it to pretty much anyone in less than a minute. Crypto doesn't seem to have that, even 15 years in. And this is one of the things that bothers me the most about crypto world. It's very gaslighty. These crypto bros have the attitude that if you don't get it, I can't explain it to you. Guys, huge red flag and your cue that maybe there's nothing to get. If someone wants to sell you something, but they're purposely obfuscating and making you think you're too dumb to understand it, that can't be good. You're not stupid. They're telling on themselves. Okay, end rant, because today in part two, hopefully we're going to have a little more fun talking not about techno-utopia, but actual physical utopian communes based around the love of crypto. Crypto land, cryptopia... Satoshi Island, Bitcoin Beach, Bitcoin City, and actually the entire country of El Salvador. First up, Cryptoland. This prospective crypto paradise in Fiji was thought up by crypto evangelists Max Olivier and Helena Lopez. It went viral several months ago when their promotional video started making the rounds and tragically became the laughing stock of the internet. (laughs) 
It's this bizarre, hilariously terrible 10-minute animated video explaining all about Cryptoland. And people on social media were basically just tearing this thing to shreds. You follow along with enthusiastic animated crypto bro Christopher as he lands at Cryptoland in a helicopter and gets a guided tour from a giant talking coin. And we, the viewers, get inundated with cringy crypto inside jokes. By the way, this anthropomorphic coin's name is Connie, which must have been a Freudian slip because it has the word con in it. (laughs) There are peppy low-wage workers and servants bringing drinks, hopping to, and saying, yes, sir. It also features a tragic musical number. I'll leave a link to the video in the show notes if you want to check it out, but it just got walloped by online ridicule. In fact, people couldn't believe it was real because it seemed like satire dunking on crypto bros. So not a great start. But the basic premise of Cryptoland is a private island in Fiji, which would be the global hub for crypto enthusiasts and professionals to live and work and party in paradise with like-minded crypto devotees. Interested crypto fans could get in on the ground floor by buying a non-fungible token that corresponds to one of 60 plots of land on the island starting at the low, low price of $750,000. Each token purchased will then increase the price of the next token, and so on. So this plays into FOMO, the fear of missing out tactic I talked about in the last episode. It's a slimy tactic to get people to panic buy before the price goes up. And that's just for the land, then you need to build your actual house. But the people who bought these first 60 plots of land would be called King Cryptolanders. And of course, the island would feature all sorts of luxury amenities. And I say would feature because this place hasn't been built. They don't even own the island. That's right. They're selling NFTs connected to plots of land they don't own. And they advertised that these NFTs entitled you to a plot of land supported by basic infrastructure, which also does not yet exist. As Cryptoland's organizers tried to arrange the purchase of an island in Fiji for $12 million earlier this year, the sale fell through. It seems they didn't have the money, so they decided they were going to use the money from the sale of the NFTs to King Cryptolanders to buy the island. The problem is, their initial documentation explicitly stated they would not do this, so they ended up in a situation where they took money for one purpose and used it for another purpose for which it was not intended. At best, a rug pull, at worst, financial fraud, but I guess people weren't buying because they never came up with the money for the deal. But at least the rest of us got a few laughs and some crypto clown schadenfreude, right? Well, actually, It's not over yet. A few months after the apparent premature demise of Cryptoland, they were back. The website is back up. They have a new promo video, which is a blessedly bland corporate style explainer this time around. And they must have been getting that criticism I slapped on crypto generally in the last episode, that it's a solution in search of a problem. 
because right here on the homepage in big block letters, it says, the problem we are solving. Digitally united, but physically separated. Most of us in the crypto space, when we turn off our screens, we still live in fiat environments. But what if we could improve the physical world around us to be more aligned with our passion? This is happening, comma, it's called Cryptoland. Comma splice aside, there are a few things to take note of here. First, the problem is that people in the quote-unquote crypto space are lonely and isolated behind their computer screens, and they just want to live with other crypto enthusiasts, but instead they're trapped in fiat land which is what they call the world where the rest of us stupidly use fiat currency instead of cryptocurrency. According to this, people who use crypto are a literal different kind of person who just doesn't fit into normal society. Mm, That's hurtful. And also, would you really want to live in a town with just other people who do the same thing for a living that you do or have the same hobby you do, even if they're really, really into it? Maybe so, I guess that depends on your idea of utopia. Bottom line, this thing is a dumpster fire, frequently compared to the infamous fire festival. The concept itself actually might not be that far-fetched had it been implemented by a competent team with appropriate legal and logistical expertise and adequate financial backing. Sadly, that's not the case. But there still does seem to be some kind of momentum behind this, So we'll just have to wait and see if anything ever comes of Cryptoland. In the FAQs on their website under What is the Roadmap, it has three bullet points. One, complete the free NFT distribution. I know, I chose not to explain NFTs, but then I have to keep bringing them up. If you want to know, just Google it and revel in the stupidity, but basically they have some kind of goofy money-making scheme where they've minted a bunch of strange, ugly, and offensive NFT artwork. So back to the bullet points, one, complete the free NFT distribution, two, get funding and buying the island, three, build crypto land. Then it says, this whole process is expected to take two years in total, and then Cryptoland could open its doors. I haven't been to business school, but imagine your roadmap for developing a luxury private island from scratch to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars of infrastructure being build Cryptoland. (laughs) I don't know who needs to hear this, but... Don't give these people your money. Next up, Cryptopia, which is actually part of a string of failed attempts by well-known crypto shyster Kyle Chasse. One of his attempts was actually Cryptoland. Yeah, it's a bit opaque just how and how much he was involved with the aforementioned dumpster fire, but at the very least, he was the first, and so far as I can tell, only purchaser of a King Cryptolander NFT. He promoted it, but it appears he was also much more involved with it than that, at least as an advisor. Some people speculating that he was actually behind it, but we don't really know. Regardless, we already know that little venture didn't work out. But before that, 
In 2018, Kyle had his first version of Crypto Utopia on an island in Thailand, another tropical paradise. His vision was inspired by that same sense of loneliness I described from the Cryptoland mission. He felt he could only connect with other crypto enthusiasts online, but then he discovered crypto conferences, which he started flying to every few days, just basically going from conference to conference. His idea was basically to create a permanent home where he could recreate that feeling and be fully immersed in the crypto vibe 24-7. Ga Pangan is an island in Southeast Thailand known for its beaches, cafes, and its monthly full moon parties. It was on this island that Kyle and some friends bought the Utopia Resort and renamed it, what else, Cryptopia. As described to Cointelegraph.com, they had 35 villas and 70 people, and it was like 90% of a cult without all the weird stuff. (laughs) Side note, I haven't really leaned into the libertarian aspect of crypto. I don't think I need to spell it out for you guys, but these crypto communes are all libertarian. They want to do whatever they want, not be regulated, not pay taxes. In fact, their endgame seems to be sovereign micronations and seasteading, which so far has proved impractical, but people keep trying it. So they moved into the Utopia Resort, had their little libertarian crypto utopia going, and I guess that's already a win that something was off the ground since the bar is so low after our crypto land story, but as ever, the devil is in the details or actually just even the super basic planning. It turned out Kyle and his buddies were ill-equipped to run an entire resort. There are various stories about how things fell apart, including the fact that some of the crypto-libertarians hadn't realized how much it would be the Kyle Chasse show, given that a significant portion of the inhabitants were employees of his business, Master Ventures. Reportedly, there were also problems with police coming by asking for donations when they realized there was a group of rich foreigners holed up in the resort, which spooked some people. There may also have been problems with overdoing the party culture. And ultimately, there was some kind of miscommunication, dispute, or other mishap that resulted in Kyle not actually owning the resort, getting questioned by police, and a brutal falling out with his business partner at Master Ventures, which resulted in him firing everyone and kicking everyone out of Cryptopia. The whole saga lasted eight months. Next, Kyle moved to Coconut Island, just off Phuket, and set up the next iteration of Cryptopia. He and his new partner resurrected Master Ventures and rebranded the commune as House of Dao. Dao, capital D-A-O, stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is the blockchain-based alternative to a traditional company. So basically what cryptocurrency is to money DAOs are to corporations. Now, in a repeat self-inflicted mistake, they took over a 700-room resort on Coconut Island. If he couldn't manage a 35-room resort, I'm not sure why he thought a 700-room resort would go any better, but anyway, it didn't work out, and he blamed it on COVID keeping people from coming. 
which I admit surely couldn't have helped whatever plan he had to expand House of Dow beyond him and his company's employees. Meanwhile, he thought of setting up House of Dow at Cryptoland, as previously mentioned, and of course that didn't work out either, but I somehow doubt this is the last of Kyle Chasse's Crypto Utopia adventures. Thank you, next. Britain's Anthony and Teresa Welch have been living out their crypto fantasies on an island in the Vanuatu archipelago in the South Pacific. They've changed the name of the 800-acre island they purchased 12 years ago from its native name to Satoshi Island, which is a nod to Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonym of Bitcoin's inventor, whose real identity, by the way, is still unknown, believe it or not. Satoshi Island 2 has a promo video, though I regret to say it's nowhere near as entertaining as the Cryptoland video. This one is actually pretty slick and features 3D renderings of how the island would look once developed. The idea is similar to the other crypto utopias we just talked about, which is to say a place for crypto enthusiasts and professionals to live, work, and play. They build their vision as a sustainable smart city, claiming the island will run completely on renewable energy. The economy would be 100% crypto-based, property purchases would be carried out via NFTs, and they say that regulation-free governance would be fulfilled by a blockchain-based democracy. Whoa, I wonder what they think that means. They say the Vanuatu government is behind them, but who knows. Still, they're already ahead of the competition in a couple of important ways. One, they seem to actually own this island. And two, Anthony Welch is a retired property developer, so he might actually have some relevant experience. It seems they've already created a welcome center, and the rest of the island is being developed for installation of something called the Satoshi Island Module, created by the company James Law Cybertecture. These modern-looking modules are very reminiscent of the pods the cult people live in on that Spanish Netflix show Welcome to Eden, if you've been watching that. Think fancy shipping containers with rounded corners and glass walls, but cool. And they're stackable. So basically this entire island will be covered with houses, apartment buildings, and offices all configured with these modules, which start at the surprisingly reasonable price of $60,000. There are 2,100 plots of land for sale via NFT, and the Satoshi Island website's timeline has the first prefab modules scheduled to arrive in early 2023, and the first residents moving in later next year. What I don't know is how many people, if any, have bought a property NFT so far. Also unknown, how this modular housing would withstand, let's say, a tropical cyclone. Vanuatu is one of the most vulnerable nations in the South Pacific, including from earthquakes, tsunamis, cyclones, droughts, floods, and extreme temperatures. The area is very seismically active, and in fact, Vanuatu is ranked the world's most at-risk country for natural hazards, according to the UN University World Risk Index. 
Now, according to reporting by Rupert Neat at The Guardian, the Welches previously tried to sell this island in 2017, and they marketed it as a wildlife nature reserve, home to some rare giant crabs, and they previously petitioned the Vanuatu government to designate the island as a wildlife reserve to prevent the extinction of this rare crab. But now they're saying, scratch that, actually we want to take this island that's 90% undisturbed rainforest and develop it into the crypto capital of the world, and then they're slapping the sustainable label on it. Hmm. On their website, they do claim that the Satoshi Island modules are less disruptive to the environment than traditional construction, and that they plan to protect as many trees as possible and plant new trees elsewhere to replace any that are removed. But of course, we know that just planting trees isn't a substitute for an established ecosystem. People who buy into Satoshi Island will get an NFT granting them Satoshi Island citizenship, but actually to live there legally, they also need legit Vanuatu citizenship, since that's the country this island is in. Also reported by The Guardian, Vanuatu citizenship can be purchased for $130,000, and the country heavily promotes a citizenship by investment program, despite concerns that the scheme has been exploited by fugitives, politicians, and disgraced business people. A Guardian investigation last year found that among the 2,200 foreign nationals granted citizenship in 2020 were a Syrian businessman with U.S. sanctions against his businesses, a suspected North Korean politician, an Italian businessman accused of extorting the Vatican, and South African brothers accused of a $3.6 billion cryptocurrency heist. Vanuatu uses a citizenship marketing firm called CS Global Partners to attract more people to buy Vanuatu nationality, which uses an online oath-swearing ceremony and does not require the new citizen to ever visit the country. Selling citizenships equates to almost 50% of Vanuatu's total annual revenue, according to the International Monetary Fund. So, I guess that's all great for Satoshi Island, but I do wonder if it's wise to set up this whole venture with a future expectation that the Vanuatu government will always be so laissez-faire about what goes on there. They're advertising Satoshi Island as free from regulation, but Vanuatu presumably could choose to regulate them at any time, especially if they see an opportunity to make some cash from the gold mine of rich Bitcoiners living on their island. That said, Vanuatu is a tax haven with little to no direct taxation and has been since the 1970s. So I guess we'll see how it goes if this thing ever actually gets off the ground. I'll give it a 50-50. Next up, El Salvador. Now, I know you may be wondering how a country tragically known as the murder capital of the world made it onto my list of possible utopias, and that's down to the country's upstart young authoritarian president, Nayib Bukele. He's got a lot of plans for El Salvador, and surprisingly, some of those plans are all about Bitcoin. In 2021, he announced that Bitcoin would become one of the country's official currencies, 
alongside the U.S. dollar, which it adopted back in 2001. So Bitcoin is now legal tender in El Salvador, and all merchants must accept it. This is in a country that is largely unbanked. About 70% of people don't have a bank account, and about half the population also isn't online. So Salvadorans largely use cash for everything and mostly didn't know anything about Bitcoin when they found out it was becoming legal tender. The government set up a digital wallet called Chivo that all Salvadorans can sign up for, which is great if you want an authoritarian government in charge of your wallet. This doesn't seem to comport with the so-called benefits of crypto at all, but let's set that aside for a moment. On the Salvadoran coast is the town of El Zonde, also known as Bitcoin Beach, which is a little mecca that attracts crypto enthusiasts. Some surfer dude named Mike and a local guy named Jorge decided to transform the town into a crypto economy back in 2019, and that sort of set the stage for the nationwide adoption. I'm not entirely certain why accepting Bitcoin is such a big draw for tourism, but I guess it is to the Bitcoin crowd, especially if you're traveling from the US since they use our currency, you don't even have to change your money at an exchange or anything. Like it's less convenient to use Bitcoin than the US dollars already in your wallet, but whatever, I guess it's the principle of the thing. However, It seems uptake has been a little rocky as local merchants complain about errors and lost transactions. And then there's the fact that they don't like to lose money on sales when Bitcoin goes down as it has been lately. Some businesses that lost money using Bitcoin have just reverted to cash only. A lot of Salvadorans also don't own a smartphone, which you need to access the Chivo wallet. It's also a struggle to accept Bitcoin from other wallets besides Chivo, which obviously tourists wouldn't be using. And it's mostly just tourists who want to use Bitcoin, as it doesn't seem to have any apparent benefits for everyday Salvadorans. But in spite of some setbacks, Bukele is going full steam ahead on Bitcoin, straight to Bitcoin City. In November last year, El Salvador held a Bitcoin week, attracting Bitcoiners from all over the world, and closing out the week was an announcement from President Bukele himself. The big announcement? Plans for a brand new city called Bitcoin City. It's exactly what you'd expect. Everything a normal city has, but built around a central plaza bearing the Bitcoin logo. There will be no taxes in Bitcoin City, and the money to build it will be raised with a billion-dollar Bitcoin bond. So I guess people would invest in the bond, and half the money would be used to build Bitcoin City, and the other half would be used to buy more Bitcoin. If that Bitcoin appreciated in value, then El Salvador would make a lot of money on the bond, and all the bondholders could be paid off with interest. No word on what happens if Bitcoin's value goes down. So we're just left with the question of why. Why is Bitcoin good for El Salvador? Well, according to some reporting by Rest of World, some economists think it has to do with the nation's debt crisis, which has been building for a long time. 
El Salvador is supposed to pay hundreds of millions of dollars on its regular US dollar bonds next year, but it doesn't necessarily have access to a loan on international markets, which apparently would be the normal way to handle this situation. But the International Monetary Fund is mad at Bukele over the Bitcoin law that puts El Salvador in increasingly risky territory. So if the Bitcoin bond for Bitcoin City works out, they could do another bond to raise more money to fill in the government budget gap. Interesting. I am interested to see how this turns out. I just hope it turns out to have some benefit to everyday Salvadorans. I doubt Bitcoin City will be any kind of utopia, but if Bitcoiners can bring some money to El Salvador, that seems like a good thing, although some may question the ethics of propping up an authoritarian government with Bitcoin. If Bukele's gambit succeeds, El Salvador may indeed become less dependent on international markets and the US dollar, which I suppose could be viewed in any number of ways. But El Salvador isn't the only country in the world courting crypto. Puerto Rico gives massive, controversial tax giveaways to crypto millionaires and billionaires to entice them to the island. Palau, a Pacific island nation, plans to have the world's first government-backed national stablecoin. Then there's another little community dubbed Bitcoin Beach in Portugal and another in Brazil. These are just a couple that I know about, but I'd be willing to bet there are lots of these on beautiful beaches all over the world. Well, guys, that's it. I'm excited to see how all the crypto utopias turn out. I hope you enjoyed these back-to-back crypto episodes. I'll be back in two weeks with something completely different that I think you guys are going to love hearing about. See you then. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to help other people find it. Tell your friends about it. And if you want to support the pod directly and help keep new episodes coming, you can donate to the show through the link at the bottom of the show notes. Connect and stay in the loop on the website failedutopia.com or the Facebook page at failedutopiapod. Failed Utopia episodes are written and produced by me, Anna Roberts. The burning palm tree painting featured on the cover is by artist Perry Vasquez. My intro music is by Elliot Middleton. See you next time.